Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 53 from Life is a Hat Party podcast. It's Chapeau Claudette. You haven't heard from me for a while. As I said before, I have two podcasts and one I accidentally posted here. It was about astronomy. It was episode 175 from my other channel. Um, But I thought I'd better just pop in because I know a lot of you have been following my journey, treating my mother with dementia, and it has been still an uphill struggle. You haven't heard from us because it's just a struggle to have time for myself. Um, We're reaching different stages, which is one of the reasons I came on today. Yesterday was for the first time that she was in doubt of who she was, which is a new frontier because most of the time she knows who she is. And, um, yeah, my life has changed dramatically. I'm quite melancholic about it, being philosophical about it, because since her fall, I haven't been able to, um, keep my options open a nicer way of saying that and some major changes are gonna about to happen in my life um I think about how can I change that and I feel really overwhelmed because I feel that I just have to prioritize taking care of her and yeah that's that So um, I'm coming on today also because I wanted to share with you what I learned. It's so embarrassing we learned. And also um, because I'm probably going to lose some of my possessions. One of my favorite books is a Josephine Baker um, biography. And I always was intrigued by her, as a lot of us were. But I did not know that she actually spoke at the March on Washington in 1963. And that's a special year for me. Um, because that's the year I was born. And that is the year that my mother wanted so desperately to go to the Washington March. My dad went because she was heavily pregnant. So she wasn't allowed to go. But anyway... Little did we know, did we say, or did somebody tell you, because Josephine Baker doesn't have a big calling in the States, and I want to read this speech to you because I think it is quite interesting and poignant what she says. It goes, Friends and family, you know I have lived a long time and I have come a long way. She was 57. She flew in from France, okay? And she spoke this. And you must know now that what I did, I did originally for myself. Then later, as things began happening to me, I wondered if they were happening to you. And then I knew they must be. And I knew you had no way to defend yourselves as I had. So maybe my um, insertion of what she said before came in. So um, let's start with just a background in case you don't know who Josephine Baker is. Josephine Baker is remembered by most as a flamboyant African-American entertainer who earned fame and fortune in Paris in the 1920s. Yet through much of her later life, 
Baker became a vocal opponent of segregation and discrimination, often initiating one-woman protests against racial injustice. She also was a spy during World War II. She wore um, instructions for the Army in Invisible Ink in her underwear, and she was giving um, lots of acknowledgement uh, from the French government. In... 1963, at the age of 57, Baker flew in from France, her adopted homeland, to appear before the largest audience in her career. The 250,000 people gathered at the March on Washington, wearing her uniform of the French Resistance. Like I said, she was honored for her work uh, in the World War II, of which she was active in World War II. She was the only woman to address the audience. So, goes like this. Friends and family, you know I have lived a long time and I have come a long way. And you must know now that what I did, I did originally for myself. Then later, as these things began happening to me, I wondered if they were happening to you. And then I knew they must be. And I knew you had no way to defend yourselves as I had. And as I continued to do the things I did and to say the things I said, they began to beat me. Not beat me, mind you, with a club. But you know, I have seen that done too. But they beat me with their pens, with their writings, and friends. That is much worse. When I was a child and they burned me out of my home, I was frightened and ran away. Eventually, I ran far away. It was to a place called France. Many of you have been there, and may many have not. But I must tell you, ladies and gentlemen, in that country, I have never feared. It was like a fairyland place. And I need, must tell you, when I was young in Paris, strange things happened to me. And these things have never happened to me before. When I left St. Louis a long time ago, the conductor directed me to the last car. And you all know what that means. But when I ran away, yes, when I ran away to another country, I didn't have to do that. I could go into a, any restaurant I wanted to. I could drink water any place I wanted to, and I didn't have to go to a colored toilet either. And I have to tell you, it was nice, and I got used to it, and I liked it. And I wasn't afraid anymore that somebody might shout out to me and say, nigga, go to the end of the line. But you know, I rarely ever use that word. You also know that it has been shouted at me many times. So over there, far away, I was happy. And because I was happy, I had some success. And you know that too. Then after a long time, I came to America to be in a great show for Mr. Segfeld. And you know Josephine was happy. You know that because I wanted to tell everyone in my country about myself. I wanted to let everyone know that I made good. And you know, too, that that is only natural. But on that big, beautiful ship, I had a bad experience. A very important star who would sit with me for dinner. And at the last moment, I discovered she didn't want to eat with a colored woman. I can tell you it was some blow, and I won't bother to mention her name because it's not important in any way now. She is dead. And when I go to New York, 
way back then, when I got to New York way back then, I had other blows when they would not let me check into the good hotels because I was colored or eat in certain restaurants. And then I went to Atlanta and it was a horror to me. And I said to myself, my God, I am Josephine. And if you do this to me, what do they do to the other people in America? You know, friends, that I do not lie to you when I tell you I have walked into the palaces of kings and queens and to the houses of presidents and much more. But I could not walk into a hotel in America and get a cup of coffee. And that made me mad. And when I get mad, you know, that I open my big mouth and then look out because Josephine opens her mouth. They hear it all over the world. And so I did open my mouth. And you know, I did scream. And when I demanded what I was supposed to have and what I was entitled to, they still would not give it to me. So then they thought they could smear me. And the best way to do that was to call me a communist. And you know, to what that meant. Those were dreaded words in those days. And I want to tell you almost that I was hounded by the government agencies in America. And there was never one ounce of proof that I was a communist. But they were mad. They were mad because I told the truth. And the truth was that all I wanted was a cup of coffee. But I wanted that cup of coffee where I wanted to drink it. And I had the money to pay for it. So why shouldn't I have it where I wanted it? Friends and brothers and sisters, that is how it went. And when I screamed loud enough, they wanted to open that door just a little bit. And we all started to be able to squeeze through it. But not just colored people, but the others as well. The other minorities too, the Orientals and the Mexicans and the Indians, both those here in the United States and those from India. Now, I'm not going to stand in front of you all today and take credit for what is happening now. I cannot do that. But I want to take credit for telling you how to do the same thing. And when you scream, friends, I know you will be heard and you will be heard now. But you young people must do one thing. And I know you've heard this story a thousand times from your mothers and fathers, like I did from my mama. I didn't take her advice, but I accomplished the same in another fashion. You must get an education. You must go to school and you must learn to protect yourselves. And you must learn to protect yourselves with the pen and not the gun. Then you can answer them. And I can tell you, and I don't want to sound corny, but friends, the pen really is mightier than the sword. I am not a young woman now, friends. My life is behind me. There's not too much fire burning inside me. And before it goes out, I want you to use what is left to light that fire in you so that you can carry on, and so that you can do things that I have done. Then, when my fires have burnt out, and I go where we all go someday, I can be happy. You know, 
I have always taken the rocky road. I never took the easy one. But as I get older, and as I knew I had the power and the strength, I took that rocky road, and I tried to smooth it out a little. I wanted to make it easier for you. I want you to have a chance at what I had. But I do not want you to have to run away to get it. And mothers and fathers, if it is too late for you, think of your children. Make it safe here so they do not have to run away for what I want you and your children for what I had. Ladies and gentlemen, my friends and family, I have just been handed a little note, as you probably say. It is an invitation to visit the President of the United States in his home, the White House. I am greatly honored, but I must tell you that a colored woman, or as you say in here, in America, a black woman, is not going there. It is a woman. It is Josephine Baker. This is a great honor for me. Someday I want you children out there to have the great honor too. And you know that that time is not someday. You know that that time is now. I thank you and may God bless you. And may he continue to bless you all long after I am gone. And that was the end of her speech. And that's the first time that I read it straight through. And I am truly touched because it reminds me a little bit of my own story. I realize not just because of racism, but because of the system in America that I didn't want to be caught there. And I did do my own running away uh, from America. And I did not have to deal with the institutionalized racism that existed in the States when I was a teenager. Yes, in the 90s. No, in the 80s, in the 90s. I remember having an allergy to people stereotyping me because I had grown up in an area where people from all cultures lived and I did not or was not brought up to identify myself only through color. And therefore, when I sense others did that, I felt awkward, for lack of a better word. And, but not only that, I think I always wanted to travel, and I always was keen. I just always knew there was something besides this America that was waiting for me. And as soon as I could figure out a way or an excuse to travel out of America, I did, and I'm very grateful for my experiences, and I, you know, highly recommend, even, maybe you don't live, of course, in America, um, live in another country like I did, but travel, traveling to another country, um, experiencing other cultures, and the main thing that I realized is to experience the similarities of people who may not even speak the same language as you. 
That is the most um, humbling experience that I've found. And to realize that we are so similar and we are not separated by our countries in basic human needs. There is so much that unites us and so much more that unites us than actually separates us. And that is a great experience. And I think that's what Josephine Baker was trying to say in her speech. And to, yeah, you know, let people understand that it is important to be yourself and not to be defined as a color and even as she said as a gender she was Josephine Baker and she was going to the White House thank you for listening I hope you and yours are well and that's all for now until next time it's Chapeau Claudette for Life is a Hat Party